Good morning, Koinonia Okotoks youth. Thank you for joining us as we go through our series in the book of Ecclesiastes. Are we good? Okay, cool. Well, good morning, Koinonia Okotoks youth. Uh, thank you for joining me online. Um, I know this is not preferable but um you know we'll make it work so uh this morning we will be continuing our series uh through the book of ecclesiastes which we've entitled meaning uh now last week we learned about who the preacher was what his thesis for this book was uh in regard to the search for meaning uh as well as we learned that nothing changes in this circle or cycle uh, that the earth is set on. Well, um, and that nothing is new, and that even if we find something new, they quickly grow old. Right? So this week, we'll be digging into Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verses 12 through 18, and the search for meaning through wisdom. Solomon will be asking the question, does having wisdom or being wise bring meaning? So without further ado, I know my points aren't next to me, uh, but it's, it's pretty simple. There's only two of them. Uh, I've first, I've entitled this message Meaning Part 2, and my points are meaning through wisdom and the folly of wisdom. So uh, I'll pray, and then we'll uh, jump on into this message. Uh, Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. Uh, I thank you even though we can't meet, uh, aren't meeting in person this morning, Lord. I thank you for the ability to still meet uh, online. Uh, Lord, I just pray for this message that it uh, will really reach into the hearts of each one of these youth, and that they'll be able to take something from this and apply it to their lives. Lord, uh, I pray this all in your name. Amen. So, the first point this morning is meaning through wisdom. And it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verses 12 through 15, I, the preacher, was king over Israel in Jerusalem, and I set my heart to seek and search out by wisdom concerning all that is done under heaven, this burdensome, burdensome task God has given to the sons of man, by which they may be ex, uh, exercised. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and indeed all is vanity and grasping for the wind. What is crooked cannot be made straight, and what is lacking cannot be numbered. So, like I stated earlier, or already, uh, Solomon is on this search for meaning, and this morning he will be focusing on wisdom. Now, knowing that Solomon was the wisest person who ever lived, uh, who better to search for, w for meaning through wisdom? Like, if, if there is any way that there is wisdom, that wisdom can bring meaning, he's the one to do it, right? He's the one to kind of guide us through that, through that tunnel, Right, but uh, uh, we'll see. Right, 
Guzik summed up Solomon this way. Right? Solomon's great wisdom was a gift of God. When God offered him whatever he pleased, he asked for wisdom, especially the wisdom to lead the people of God. It says that in 1 Kings 3, 5 through 28. Uh, and therefore, God uh, made Solomon so wise that he wrote thousands of proverbs and he was considered to be wiser than all the men of his day. So, where does Solomon start his search? Right? He starts by reminding us that life sucks. <laughs> right? It's hard. He says this burdensome, burdensome wow, task right, and goes on further to say which they may be exercised. Now what this means is life is hard. Life is tough. It's tiring. It gets old quick. As we learned last week, how quickly we move from new thing to new thing. Right? He's basically reminding us of the punishment we as humanity were given. Right? And that takes us way back to Adam and Eve. It says... Uh, if you have your Bibles with you, which I, you guys should have your Bibles with you. Um, it says in Genesis 3, verses 16 through 19, to the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children, your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Then to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife and eaten from the tree which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it, cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field, in the sweet uh, and the sweat of your face you shall eat the bread till the... Uh, till you return to the ground for out of it you were taken for dust you are and dust you shall return so because of the sin of Adam and Eve we too are cursed right we too are forced to live this life riddled with hardship right so life is tough it's hard it's tiring because of this curse once again we can look toward the hope that we have, that this life is temporary. You can either dwell on what is set in stone here, that it is hard, or you can look to the future. That this life will not last forever. Right? And once it's done, we get to live in peace with God in a resurrected body, never to see hardship Again, and that I feel like that's a pretty good hope. I I would love to see that soon, personally. Uh, just with how the world's going, it's kind of kind of sucks right now. So we have this choice in life to look at it from the t uh, from how Solomon is looking at it, right, and seeing the difficulty living is, or we can look at it from the perspective that this difficulty is temporary and praise God for it. Now Warren Wearsby 
uh, I was reading his commentary through this, and he he uh, he compared this idea to a robin, saying, "Since early dawn, the bird that bird has done nothing but try to survive. He's been wearing himself out, hiding from enemies and looking for food for himself and his little ones. And yet, when he gets to the end of the day, he sings about it." Here I am, created in the image of God, and saved by the grace of God, and I complain about it. I complain about even the little annoyances of life. One day, I will be like the Lord Jesus Christ. And for that reason alone, I should be singing God's praises just like that robin. And so what is our attitude in life? Are we like that robin going through hardship and still praising at the end of the day? Or are we like Solomon kind of just wallowing in this pain or this uh, idea that life is meaningless? The next thing we see here is the idea that you can't run away from the problem. And that doing so will not make things easier at all. Solomon sought using wisdom to find meaning in life. His conclusion with, with this wisdom is that I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and indeed all is vanity and grasping for the wind. He concludes with a statement that we will see a lot through the book. All is vanity. Life is vain. Like, in whatever way he puts it, grasping after the wind, grasping for the wind. He concludes it all the time, saying it's vain, it's vanity, it's meaningless. It's weird, because Solomon, in his younger years, he wrote in Proverbs 8.35 this. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from God. Solomon said in his wisdom... He said this in his wisdom, but now, as he is on this pointless quest to find meaning in wisdom, it doesn't help him. It's vanity. It's grasping after the wind. He's not putting his focus on what is, what is right, but instead he's trying to just do it through his own mind. He's like, oh, well, I'm smart enough. I am wise enough. I can figure this one out myself. Instead of focusing on God who brings life and, and kind of directs us in that life. And lastly, we see here in verse 15 that life is not a straight path and it is lacking. Michael Eaton said, no matter how the thinker ponders, he cannot straighten out life's anomalies, nor reduce all he sees to a neat system. I find it interesting that this is the same Solomon who wrote in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. It doesn't sound like the same Solomon. Simply put, life apart from God is missing something. I know uh, I, I know what it is, and I really hope you guys know what it is. <laughs> right? 
simply life apart from God is missing God. Right? And as we move on to the next and final point this morning, we will see the folly of wisdom. So it says in uh, verses 16 through 18, I commune with my heart, saying, Look, I have attained greatness and have gained more wisdom than all who were before me in Jerusalem. My heart has understood great wisdom and knowledge, and I have set my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceived this, that this also is grasping for the wind. For in much wisdom is much grief, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. So Solomon starts here by stating the fact that he had much wisdom, that he gained more wisdom than any who were in Jerusalem. Right? In reality, he gained more wisdom than probably the entire world. Uh, but he's stating Jerusalem here. Where did it bring him, gaining all this wisdom? Really, what it did was just brought him back to a place of like trying to find, find more. Right? He set his heart to know wisdom and found that it also is brought madness and folly. Concluding that it too was grasping after the wind. Now, uh, well, one sec. Now, Wearsby explained in his commentary that those who go through life uh, seeking explanation will not be ha- well, uh, will never be happy for two reasons. The first was that this side of heaven, not everything has an explanation. And second, we as God's people are not ordained to live a life or to live by explanation. I love I really love how he put it because seeking to find meaning through wisdom is living looking for everything to be explained. Right? This is what Solomon is seeking to do here. He wants explanation for why things are the way they are and why we go through life uh and and going through life thinking this way will bring nothing but unhappiness. Right? So when Solomon said, when it says that Solomon set his heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly, he was seeking explanation and came back with unla- unhappiness, which left him still with this unfulfillment, no meaning. We as believers are told in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we live by faith and not by sight. Right? Also, it says in John 20, 29, Jesus said to him, Thomas, you have seen me and you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. We need to be living by the promises that we have been given. And stop seeking to try and explain why things happen.
we need a little faith. Right? We don't we're not told that everything is going to be explained and it won't all be explained. But we we do know <laughs> is that we have are told to have faith in God. Trust God even when we can't see the path in front of us, he sees the path in front of us. Right? I often get stuck in this mindset of uh, why is life the way it is instead of focusing on that the fact that God is in control. Right? We have so many promises in the Bible from God, we need to start relying on those promises. So Solomon had all this wisdom and did it help him at all? With all the advantages he had, including money, which helped him experience everything possible to come to a conclusion, how much help was it? Right? As it says in the last verse, uh, wisdom and knowledge are only increase grief and sorrow. Remember as we uh, touched on the curse that we have, uh, that we, uh, remember as we touched on the curse that was given to us through what Adam and Eve did in the garden. When they sinned, they were given an experiential, experiential knowledge of good and evil, which has been passed down from generation to generation. This knowledge has only ever brought us sorrow and grief. This knowledge we have has brought us the likes of, you know, planes, cars, TVs, phones, electronic banking, which is pretty cool. Uh, literally any, th- like, there's, from the time that they had what we have, it's a lot different. Right? But these things only bring us new problems. Right? The world has become lazy because you can fly across the country in a matter of hours. Right? You no longer have to plan out a trip. And be like, oh, okay, well, I have to get to Ontario. I have to, oh man, I really have to leave now if I want to get there in three days. Right? But that's with cars. Back then, if you wanted to travel that distance, it was going to take you a long, long time. Right? We've become lazy. Phones, as well, though they are extremely useful. They are also a detriment to society. Because we can now communicate with anyone, anywhere, but at what cost? You know, they're a distraction more than they are a help. You know, you see people constantly all the time. It's like you want to have a conversation with somebody and they're just like... Oh, did you say something? Are you, are you are you are you talking to me? One sec, I I have to just, just check something. One sec. Or it's like, 
hey, what do you guys remember what the actor was in that movie or that TV show or something like that? It's like, oh, here, no worries, I got it. Hey, Google, who was this person? Right, you can, phones are useful, but they <laughs> are making our society reliant on the phone, right? People no longer are focusing on studying, and if they are, they're doing it on their laptops, not reading through books. And they're going to be like, oh, I got to search this up on Google. Books about this. Mo uh, what movies are like this instead of studying through that? I mean, I know I like to study through movies, uh, but not a good thing to do. Um, but all these helps, all, these t all this technology that we are given does not help. Right? Even though it helps in the moment, it makes us reliant on something else. Right? We are so entranced with our phones that actual face-to-face -face communication is kind of lacking. It's going extinct. And even today, with how schools are, you don't even get that face-to-face -face interaction. You may be starting to get that now. Over the past year and a half, you were online. And online school, I'm not going to say is bad, but it's like, it's less. The this next generation, your generation that's coming up, will have problems to deal with. Because their technology is so helpful, but social sociali uh, socialization is gone. Right? We are an online world. Now, because of all this, your generation will have problems to fix. How do you break this trance? Right? We may be able to fix a problem, like people who made planes fixed the problem of travel, fixed with cars fixed the problem of travel, phones fixed the problem of communication from long distance. And I can tell you from my personal experience, a phone and FaceTime and all that is a blessing when I was in a long distance relationship. I don't think I could have written letters back and forth. That would would have sucked. Uh <laughs> but you know there's always the next problem you fix one thing another problem arises right he says for in much wisdom is much grief and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow no matter how much wisdom no matter how much knowledge you have you cannot explain everything we as human as humanity humanity need to stop focusing on explanation and start focusing on the promises of God. There is much folly in seeking meaning through wisdom. And before I jump into the conclusion here, I know it's a quicker message, uh, I would like to read the summary uh, of the first chapter that Warren Wearsby uh how Warren Wearsby summarized the first chapter. He says, The scientist tells us the world is a closed system and nothing is changed. The historian tells us that life is a closed book 
and nothing is new. The philosopher tells us that life is a deep problem and nothing is understood. But Jesus Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. And his miraculous, he has miraculously broken into history to bring new life to all who trust him. If you are living in circles, then turn your life over to him. So in conclusion, we had two points this, mo- uh, this morning. You know, focusing on the search for meaning through wisdom. The first one uh, was meaning through wisdom. We saw that life sucks. It's a burden. It's difficult. But we don't have to look at it through that perspective. Instead, we can look at it from the perspective of praising God for be for it being short, for it being temporary. And then we also saw the folly of wisdom. You know, we saw that wisdom brings nothing but unhappiness. The more we seek to find an explanation for life, the more you will find no answer followed by unhappiness. Wisdom and knowledge bring forth grief and sorrow. You may fix a problem, but another problem will ultimately arise from your solution. So stop seeking explanation and rely on God's promises. You know, stop seeking to <laughs> fix the world's problems. The world's problems will just continue to pop up. You fix one thing, another thing will happen. So you can't find you cannot find meaning through wisdom. Next week we will get to see how Solomon switches uh, from seeking uh, through meaning to seeking through pleasure, which will be an interesting message. Uh, And just a quick prediction on that. Just going to throw this one out there. I think he's not going to find meaning. Just saying. Um, So let's pray and then, uh, then we will be done. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. Um, I thank you for uh, this uh, journey that Solomon's going through and what we can learn from it. Lord, I just pray for um, for the coming weeks, Lord, as we continue to go through this study, Lord. Just help us to find this hope that we have in you, Lord. Uh, Help us to continually be reminded, you know, that this life is temporary and that's something that we can praise you for. Uh, Yeah, Lord, just uh, help the youth to really live this faith that we have. I pray this all in your name. Amen. And before we're done quickly, I just want to remind you guys that uh, this week, we will be having a scavenger hunt. Uh, we're going to be meeting here at the Elks Lodge at 6.30, is it? At 7. We're meeting here at 7. Uh, so if you want to bring your friends, go for it. All, all are welcome.
welcome. Uh, and yeah, it should be a fun. Huh? Oh yeah. Uh, please send an email. Uh, get your parents to send an email to me if you are bringing friends, because I'm gonna need uh, their emergency contact information. And then also on the 22nd, we're having a costume party here at the Elks Lodge, uh, Elks Club, Elks Lodge, whichever one, uh, same building. Uh, so also bring your friends. It should be a fun time uh, of fellowship and hanging out together. There's going to be lots of candy there too. So yeah, cool. And that should be good. <laughs>